Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I want to thank you all for listening and downloading, subscribing, whatever, however it is you're listening. We do appreciate it. And uh, for any new listeners that may have uh, caught a snippet of our show on YouTube uh, this past week, uh, we'll probably hopefully put more of that up. But I want to thank you for finding us and uh, consider uh, subscribing to the Fight Game Media Patreon. Uh, if you really like what you hear, it's patreon.com backslash Fight Game Media. It's just five bucks a month and you get all kinds of uh, boxing, pro wrestling, eh, some MMA content on there. Not much, but the odd time. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here. Uh, got a loaded show today, Ryan. Um, we got we got the UFC uh, 280 coming up, big one, um, and uh, also uh, UFC. We got to recap of last week's UFC show, but first we got to talk about and uh, this is, in my opinion, a long time coming. Um, and uh, but I, I didn't even know about it till you brought it up as a topic. So I'll, I'll let you uh, explain what what we're going to talk about here. Well, I mean, it just, it literally came down like within an hour of me emailing you a rundown. So it's just something that just happened today. But, but yeah, the uh, UFC sent out a memo updating their, uh, what is, I don't, what do they call it? Their athlete uh, conduct. Code of conduct. Code of conduct. Yeah. Yes. uh, Saying that fighters can no longer bet on fights. can't bet on their own. Can't can't bet on you know any others. Any others they're barred from doing so. Does that mean it's going to stop some people? No. I mean people will find ways ways around this. But there's there's a uh, several reasons. And I mean I mean there's it feels like it was a long time long time coming. Surprised it didn't happen sooner. But yeah. it's it seems lately there's been more and more fighters and people involved with involved with UFC fighters, you know, coaches being more and more open about, about their gambling on fights and they're making money and all, and all this and that. So it kind of felt like something that was about the shit was about to hit the fan somewhere and all oh, that. Yeah. And I got a few other stuff, a few other things, a few other details I can add to it once I get your initial kind of reactions on well, it. Well, I mean, we talked, I that's like not that long ago on this show. Uh, was it now, was it James Krause? Who was saying that he made more money betting on fights than he does coaching fighters? Okay, so yeah, I okay. I wanted I wanted to see if you were bring up James Kraus because yeah. he, uh, depending on whether these stories are true or not, he may be the center of everything okay. when it comes to the banning of <laughs> uh, of this. Well, I mean, that's a red flag. I mean, first of all, like I, I wasn't sure. Like when you sent me this topping, I, I assumed or this topic, I assumed obviously they couldn't bet on their own fights. But I mean, it makes sense that they shouldn't be betting on other people's fights either. Um, I mean, any other sport um, that is a serious sport, you you can't be betting on fights. And I mean, there's just they they are they they have their partnerships with these betting companies now. The DraftKings is all over the broadcast. There's other ones. There are betting shows. There's like they're so ingrained in this betting, and in order to maintain their credibility as a sport, you can't have fighters that are not making that much money um, betting on on the sport. And and I mean, I think what you said about yeah, people can find a way. And yeah, if you've got a gambling problem and you're that desperate, and you find a way, this gives them an out to you know get rid of you if they think that something's not on the up and up. And th- there's been a few cases. 
there was one, I, the last one I remember, it was a couple of years ago. I, I remember like they took, I think they took a fight off the books because a guy was like a, a super high underdog. And then all of a sudden he became a favorite and there was like tons of money coming in from like Southeast Asia or something on, yeah, that, on this that particular little, fight. That uh, cunt and bang fight. Yeah. 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 Cunt and bang. Yeah. How could <laughs> I forget that? Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, and you know, like every week you'll, you'll see a thing. Oh, big bet alert. Somebody just bet 50,000 thousand dollars on this particular fight meanwhile like you know the guys in the fight are making like 10 grand each you know or, yeah. or you know it's and and we're talking prelims and there is so much money being bet on these fights i mean it's going to come out at some point and it's going to shock people how much money yeah. is being bet on ufc every weekend yeah for uh i do want to say for one th- one thing in particular to one comment i saw no this is not a way to take away fighters trying to uh, to take away an income that fighters are trying to make, so, you know they're. Not, oh my UFC's, god! UFC's not trying to stop fighters from from making money this way. This <laughs> okay. way, as somebody, okay. as, as somebody, I, I saw. I'm not going to say. Yeah, as somebody I saw <laughs> said, okay. said this, that is. Not, here, uh, here's one thing. Uh, uh, back to James Krause. It's like Twitch, you remember, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You remember? You remember he was part of uh, the Brett Okamoto show, the betting show show you know that they would advertise every week it'd be yeah 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 be a i i noticed like several weeks ago like he stopped being part of that show so it was just like did they remove him and now i saw a story you know that somebody was pushing, that he was involved in like this scheme to where he was trying to get fighters to send him money and he would place the bets for for the fighters and he would keep a percentage he would keep a percentage, and he would claim that if he were to lo- if he were to lose the fighters' money, he'd be paying him back. Paying him back. Keep in mind that James Krause, yes, he's he's kind of. I think he just announced his retirement not too long ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no longer an active fighter, but he's a coach. He's got inside inside knowledge on inside knowledge on on, on all this stuff. So you were talking about. I think this is suppose some people have said like like some important people found out about this kind of like almost like a Ponzi scheme kind of yeah. that I was going to turn into and that, that, that this was kind of the crutch for this. Well, obviously he's, he's basically obvi- acting as a loan shark. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> what he's trying to do. Do, yeah. do an offshore, offshore betting. Here's, here's a very vital thing in all of this. And, and if these fighters were to be making these bets at these Vegas casinos and taking these, casinos for a ton of money then all of a sudden these casinos are going to get the nevada athletic commission involved yeah now what happens from there happens from there do these casinos with all their money start pressuring the the nevada commission to take away the ufc's license what happens what if that were to what if that were to get get involved the politics of getting that happen there's just too many dangers dangers Mm -hmm. in this so so yeah i mean they have to they have to respond because well, now, here, here's because now you're putting, now you're putting, because now it's a situation where where the company could be held yeah. liable held liable for for all this you know inside insider info and then you know everybody everybody in the sport talks about like oh my guys hurt this guy on this team I heard is hurt so you know make money make money off this way all this inside insider trading as you want as you want yeah. to call it so the, the company's kind of trying to protect themselves they're not trying to. They're trying to. They're not trying to stop fighters from betting, as much as I say. They're trying to stop fighters from let making 
making it known that they're betting. And, you know, if you keep it on the hush hush, hush hush, then it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big, I don't know that well, it's that big of a deal until, to them. until there's a problem. Until there's a problem, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I think mean, they're trying to, I think they're trying to get ahead of any problems. Like yeah. That. I think like the, the, the thing that people got to keep in mind is, you know, as, as successful as James Krause has been, um, the the um the casinos and the betting the you know the gambling books and everything um they make a lot of money and the reason they make a lot of money is because they they set the lines so that they always win so the fact is is the more money you bet and the more often you bet the more likely it is that you're going to lose and the problem is is what's going to happen is as these fighters yeah some of them are going to be successful more of them are not going to be successful. It's just the law of averages. And then what that's going to do is it's going to open it up to where, you know, like some unscrupulous people might get involved and they might say, hey, you know what? You, you're you in to us for 20 grand. Uh, we need you to throw this fight. And that's what that's another thing that UFC is trying to pretend, uh, prevent from happening. Because as you, as you can have a fighter, you know, place a bet, you know, uh, you know, under the table, offshore, whatever they want to do. You can also have unscrupulous people, you know, placing bets at, you know, 15 different books so that, it, you know, you don't see it. But eventually all of a sudden, oh, now there's all this money in on so-and-so undercard fighter, you know, uh, to lose. That was a favorite. And then, you know, then you find out later, oh, yeah, you know what? He uh, he had to throw the fight because he owed so-and-so you know like 50 grand or something and they don't want that to happen because if that happens the whole sport's done <laughs> like you know um it's already on thin ice you know in some ways like it's not i shouldn't say it's on thin ice but a lot of people are looking for a reason to discredit ufc and uh, something like this would give them the ammunition they need exactly yeah yeah that's that's incredible and and i'm i'm glad they're doing it and I can't believe that somebody like basically comparing it to, you know, like, you know, like the women, you know, that have the only fans or, you know, guys doing their Twitch streams, you know, it's like, yeah, UFC is, you know, trying to hurt these people from making an income. I'm sorry, but for every person that's making an income to betting on fights, there's probably three of them that are losing money on it. So it's, uh, yeah, that's not what it's about. Ha, ah, so that was fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we'll move from that into, uh, UFC on, uh, ESPN plus 70, which, uh, wasn't so fun. I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of the show. I don't know about you, but, um, main event was kind of boring. Um, there were some, you know, decent fights on the undercard, I suppose, but I, this was more than any card this year. This one was like, just felt like a chore. I don't even know why, because there was finishes and stuff up and down the card, but it just felt like. I was watching like nothing. I don't know. I, I maybe it's maybe see Apex. I don't know. I think it's you. <laughs> okay, no. I mean, I'm not saying it was a bad card. Um, I just felt like none of these fights mattered. Like I don't, you know. I don't. But me, yeah, it could have been just me. Yeah, I mean, the main event was really the the only fight that mattered, and I, and I know, yeah. and I know your personal interest got hurt. Got hurt when the uh, probably the best fight on the card, the Askarov Brandon yeah. Royville fight, got canceled for weigh ins because Askarov was going to badly miss weight. He was going to miss weight so badly that he wouldn't even agree to a catch weight of like 127 or 128. Like, like yeah. that, was, that was how bad he was going to miss weight. So, so was, yeah, this, this main event though, like, I think it was like three minutes into the fight, I knew, okay, this thing's going 25 minutes and Grass yeah. is winning. 
like that's you know like and it's like you're just watching you know every I mean, round it's you know like there's I mean, no I way Roger is going to beat her i think i said on the show last week this fight's going to go the go the distance it's just i mean that's just yeah that's typically how these women main events kind of just go now it's not yeah. a knock, it's not a knock on them but but these the females for you know far more than the men men they're so close yeah. skill wise skill wise at a certain level i mean the Nunezes, the Shevchenkos, the Waylees. I mean, I'd probably even throw Rose in there. They're probably they're at another level. But like you, you know, your Grasso's and your Rajos, you know, number five and number six, they're at such an even level that it's very hard to see either one of them finishing each other. So, you know, it's going to be a twenty-five minutes, probably all on the feet. I mean, I thought it was, uh, thought it was good, not great. It was kind of like you know, one of those middle of middle of the road kind of fights. A lot of a lot of a lot of stuff being landed. I mean, they, yeah. they combined for like almost like two hundred thirty significant strikes or something like that throughout. I mean, you know, they were landing a lot, and it was technically good. It just you knew it was going to the decision, and Grasso was just clearly ahead of her on the feet, just yeah, outclassed yeah. her. On and the wait, feet. did it feet. even go to the ground? I don't remember. Uh, uh, Araj got two takedowns. Okay. Takedowns oh yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and yeah, and and Grasso just got right they, up. Yeah, they uh, yeah. they had a combined uh, two hundred seventy nine significant strikes and almost you know and close to almost three hundred fifty total strikes landed combined. So they, I mean, they landed a lot. So yeah, I just te- it's technically good, but it's just like you kind of knew it was going to go the distance and. Grasso just outclassed Raju on the feet. Very good win for Grasso, four in a row. Probably should fight Shevchenko next, even though she says she wants another main event and another fight. You know, you know, I would try to take the title fight if I were her because you could, you're you're risking that. that I think you know, by fighting I again. think the door's open for uh, Manon Fierro if she gets yeah. uh, like an impressive win uh, this yeah. week. Then she, you know, she'll she'll uh, fly past Grasso for the title shot because. Yeah. Yeah, I you know that's that's the only thing, and yeah, if, I mean, if you just have a choice of okay, who's got the most impressive record? Yeah, it's probably Grasso. But yeah, um, I yeah, I just uh, I yeah, I, I you know, and you're probably right. Like you know, I watched it late, and you know, I didn't know there's one fight that was spoiled for just randomly, but the rest of it was yeah, it was just kind of there. Um, you know the the. Uh, I you know the, yeah, there was like looking up and down this card, there was a lot of finishes, but. Uh, I uh, yeah I don't I don't know I, I don't I don't know if you want to talk about this co-main a little bit or not. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Martinez, big win for him. Uh, Cub Swanson just looked. I think he finally age caught up with him. Maybe. Do you think? Maybe. maybe. I mean, he's he's lost a lot late, and and it's always it's kind of been catching up to him a little bit. He still has his flashes, and he still looked good yeah, early yeah. on. Early on, I mean, Jonathan Martinez is severely underrated in my opinion my opinion i mean we're talking about a guy who's now won six of his last seven fights and is what like eight and three in the ufc yeah. at 135 that's an impressive record at 135 in the, in the ufc and he, he's got one loss since the pandemic started so so you know we're talking about a really good fighter here and uh just yeah i mean cups chin is gone and it was you know his up until he got dropped in the first it was pretty even you know yeah. so but uh but yeah he just never he just really took recovered those leg, that. those leg kicks and just, then uh, those yeah. leg kicks in the second round just did him in i mean the, i think you know as many as cub was taken 
of those. And Jonathan Martinez kicks hard. Him and him and Chris Gutierrez. I I really feel like this is going to be. This was a preview of what Frankie Edgar's last fight's going to look like. Unfortunately, in my yeah. opinion. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, they're really. I mean, it's just Martinez always. He's known for his leg kicks, and he's known for just destroying the lead leg. And he did it. I mean, and it was perfect. And it was a great showing for him. And Swanson was the guy moving down from featherweight. And yet he looked like way smaller than Martinez. And the commentators even kind of pointed that out. Like just the modern MMA, like these fighters, I think it was Cruz talking about it. Like these fighters are so much bigger, you know, than, than, you know, like even five, 10 years ago, like a, a guy fighting at featherweight, you know, almost looks like a flyweight would have, you know, five years ago or 10 yeah. years ago. Like uh, they're just, uh, after the Dominic Cruz made so many mistakes, I don't really know what. Well, he did call Cub a ranked fighter several times. Yeah, well, and he hasn't uh, been ranked in years. He he also, uh, he also he got, said Dallas Dallas Texas is at is at elevation. Which, oh really? That's I news to that. me. That's I news to that. me. Considering yeah. I live live in DFW and I don't have to, I don't have trouble breathing whenever I walk out the doors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like sea level. It's but, like 300, uh, 370 feet above sea level. Okay. The uh, and and uh, speaking of Cruz, uh, Martinez called him out after the fight, and Cruz was just like. Uh, he he didn't want to fight him. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say no, but I mean, it's like he, it's very clear. Dominic Cruz, he's only got one two fights left and he's gonna no. fight some he's gonna fight a big name and Jonathan Martinez yeah sorry I'm not gonna let yeah. you build my I'm not gonna let you build your name up over me I'd much rather fight you know Dilla Shaw again or something yeah or something yeah something like that or you know bring bring up uh Garbrandt Sean O'Malley Sean O'Malley yeah. or something oh O'Malley yeah yeah that's a yeah. that's a good one the loser of of O'Malley on would be a Man. good fight for Cruz actually um <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be a good name fight. I don't know if it'd be a good fight for Cruz, but what, Yawn? No, I was saying you said it'd be a good fight for Cruz, it'd be a good fight name wise for Cruz. I don't know if it is. Oh, it's not going to end well. No, 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 I don't know that it'd be a good fight for Cruz. No, no, I mean, he's yeah, he's not probably beating anyone in the top 10. Um, and but that's the thing. So if he's gonna fight someone in the top 10, then he probably doesn't want to fight Jonathan Martinez, he wants to at least make some money. Yeah, on his way exactly. out the door. Um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we got some stuff to choose from for our three stars. Um, I'm pretty sure I let you go first last time. So I'll, I'll go first this time. And uh, my first star is going to be Pete Rodriguez. Um, you know, he finished Mike Jackson uh, in the uh, in the opener. And, I mean, that was a bit of a joke fight. But Rodriguez, you know, he knocked that poor guy out cold. And, like, he was sitting in a fetal well, – not a fetal position, but he was just like – I sitting like knocked out on his ass like literally sitting up but asleep it was i, I don't he recall was, ever seeing i think it he was i think he was like in like down on his knees and like like the position where you would be praying yeah yeah like yeah on his knee on his knees and his, his body was up and he was just out cold right there like sleeping yeah spot. yeah uh my second one is going to be uh joe anderson burrito uh uh fight Finished fellow Brazilian Lucas Alexander, two minutes and two seconds in the first round. Got a sweet uh, rear naked choke. Uh, Brito looks really good. Uh, he's a guy from the uh, Contender Series. Lost his opener to Bill Algio, and he's you know he beat Andre Feely in his opener, and this one two straight uh, first round finishes, and uh, he's gonna he should get a big name next, or at least you know someone in that kind of twenty to thirty range in the featherweight rankings, and uh, yeah, yeah, he he's a guy to keep an eye on. 
And uh, then yeah, I'll leave that guy for you. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Jacob Malkoon. Um, he came in as an underdog against Nick Maximov, and he just dominated him. And like Maximov, I you know, he was a favorite. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I think, I don't know exactly what happened. Like his, he, he, he got injured. Like he was kind of walking funny at the end of the first round and he did well to stay in there, but Malcoon and I think Malcoon it was funny because they asked him, why didn't you target the leg? And he's like, I don't really know how to do leg kicks. I thought that was, I, I got a kick out of that. Uh, he's like, I got to work on that. But, uh, he completely dominated Maximoff. I think I did. He, he might've got a 10, eight. Uh, on one card i'm not sure yeah he got it was 30 27 across was it 30 27 okay but yeah just a great best performance that he's had in the ufc and that's a guy that you know i think before he came in everyone was you know kind of pegging him as a future star and maybe he's finally kind of on that track so uh yeah my three stars uh malcoon and uh pete rodriguez and joe anderson burrito so i'll let you go all right my first one is going to be tetsuro tyra uh yeah the 22 year old flyweight guy who's going to be fighting for for a title someday and just a uh, dominant win over cj vergara got him down controlled him on the ground so in in the first two rounds and armbar yeah he, he was looking for a choke on the back transitioned to the armbar got vergara to tap out and uh it's a uh, two and only ufc he, he feels like he's like three fights away from a title shot but he's i mean 22 years old him and oh. mohammed mokayev like those guys right there are going to be fighting for. We're talking about you know we're talking about a flyweight title that's about to have a fourth fourth fight between those between Moreno and uh, Figueredo. Tyra and Mokayev could probably fight like ten times at their age and their skill level, and they're just I mean, yeah, flyweight's thriving. Uh, my second star, I'm going to go with Alonzo Minifield. That was just absolute violence over Misha Sirkinov and knocking oh. him out. That was just an absolutely brutal finish, brutal finish, and you could kind of see it coming because Minifield was just hurting Sirkinov with punches, and then he landed a left and a right, perfect, and Sirkinov was out cold and just brutal. And uh, my third star, I'm going to go with Rafael Asuncao. Cool. You know, he was coming in, uh, having lost four in a row, you know, 40 years old thinking about retirement was fighting Victor Henry, who was, who was only in his second UFC fight, but had a lot of hype coming in because he had a really good UFC debut and a sunset just, I mean, very clear win looked great. I mean, 30, 27 across the board, clearly won all three round, three round. I mean, I won't say clearly. I thought the first round was close. I had a 29, 28 for sunset, but he looked, I mean, better than he has in years, in mm-hmm. years. And just, uh, you know, like he didn't look like a guy who was ready to retire. He talked about how he moved to Vegas, his training extreme couture, kind of felt rejuvenated. And, and yeah, you know, maybe he's got a couple more years left in him, but I thought he had a really strong showing there. That might be the fight for Martinez next. Yeah. yeah um, um, they, he, uh, he did say that he, you know, he feels like he maybe only has one or two fights left, but he's not quite ready to retire. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, he, uh, I, I might have picked him, but he, we were talking about betting earlier. He completely fucked up a parlay for me. Um, <laughs> I had Victor Henry on like a five, four fight parlay, and, uh, and then I also bet him straight up, and I lost both those fights. So I, uh, 
I, I had I I had like 225. So, so Sansa has heat with you right now. Nah, whatever. It was a nice <laughs> fight. I, I enjoyed the fight. But um, so I had uh bet I had put nine twenty-five dollar bets down. So it was like two hundred twenty-five dollars I bet on this card. And uh, so when when it was over, like sometimes I don't even remember who I bet on, right? So I'll I'll go and I'll check the results when the card's over. And I I had hundred and seven dollars left. <laughs> so I I didn't do good, but. Uh, I I um, I flipped over to the baseball game and the Dodgers were beating the Padres two nothing in like the bottom of the fifth, and so I just threw the hundred seven dollars on the Padres at like plus two sixty five and uh, yeah woke up the next morning and I, I had like three hundred ninety dollars so it's all good yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah speaking, I, uh, speaking of baseball even the you know these fight, this fight card had eleven fights on the on the show I know I short, saw your tweet and it was shorter than the Seattle Houston Astros eighteen in inning game I rem- I remember I was like I had the game on. On another TV, uh, on another TV in my house, so that I, oh, I could keep an eye on it. And the first pitch of the game started before the before the opener, which was Rodriguez and Jackson. And then the game was the game was still going on for almost an hour after the after the main event ended. Just crazy. and that's a, and that's with a lot of downtime. Yeah, because I watched. So I watched the show. Um, I started watching, and they were they were going into the bottom of the ninth when I started watching, and. I, the show I finished watching about uh, maybe a half an hour after the game ended. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, yeah it, uh, it, it, yeah, the baseball is, uh, yeah, it sometimes can be pretty long. But yeah, I was, I was happy when I, because I watched a bit of the game and then I went to bed and uh, woke up and found out the, uh, the my my Padres had won. My Padres. I don't I don't give a shit. I was just <laughs> I just figured they're at home and you know what I I like the odds and uh, yeah sure enough the uh, Dodgers are out. My Jeff Hawkins who I record the Dynamite show with tomorrow uh, for the special live episode we're doing um, on on this on the YouTube channel is uh, he's he, he's not gonna be happy because he's a big Dodgers fan. But. Yeah, I mean I don't want to get off in a baseball tangent in a, in a bit. Yeah, but, but I mean I don't. I don't know that I'm a fan of these expanded playoffs just because no. our two our two NLCS teams, one finished 14 games games back in the division and the other, the Padres finished 22 games back yep. in the division. Like, like, I mean, anybody can get hot and win a three-game series or a five-game five game series. It's just I don't know that the best teams are being represented. But Well, if the Indians win tonight, and as we're recording, I think the – I don't the, even know the, if the game uh, started. Game got oh, it got, got postponed? Okay. Yeah. That's good for raw. Um, the um, the I don't know. Like if the Indians win, then three of the four guardians uh, or the guards. Sorry, the guardians. I know. I still call them the Indians. Three of the four teams that were road teams in the wild card are going to be in the in the championship series, and that's yeah. that is not you know. And I mean, I'm still hurting over the Blue Jays, but they blew that one. But anyways, uh, watch take us through the, uh, the the rest of this card. We've talked about most of the fights, but yeah, uh, it started off with the uh, with P. Rodriguez uh, defeating Mike Jackson, uh, uh, one minute thirty three seconds, and then then uh, yeah, Sayonara Mike Jackson. He's a good guy, but you know he was there as a favorite. You know his tenure lasted way too long, and you know this has to be the end of it. Uh, yeah. Then we had uh, Tetsuo Tyra submitting CJ Vergara second round armbar four minutes nineteen seconds beautiful performance from Tyra Vergara missed weight it's the second time in three UFC fights he's missed a flyweight so if he gets another shot we'll probably see him at bantamweight 
Then we had a women's strawweight fight. Uh, Pierre Rodriguez defeated Sam Hughes. Unanimous, unanimous decision. 29-28 across the board. I thought this was kind of like a, uh, a close fight. I had it Rodriguez 29-28 as well. I gave her the first two rounds, but uh, Hughes... Uh, Hughes did good. It was a good fight. I'll just leave it at that. I think we had uh, Joe Anderson Brito submitting Lucas Alexander two minutes, two seconds. I mean, I know Alexander took this fight on a week's notice, but Brito couldn't have looked any better. Just got the back, got the back, and kept picking them up, slamming them down. They get up, watch Winsor repeat, and then finally got the rear naked choke and just absolutely beautiful showing from Brito. Then we had a middleweight fight, Jacob Malkoon, 30 27 across the board over Nick Maximoff. I will say, I do. I do think Malcoon could have taken advantage of the injury, and and I know he said after the fight that he was trying just to not lose, yeah. not lose, which yeah, it makes sense as you're kind of building confidence. But uh, you know, I do think he should go back and look at the drawing board, look at the fight, and say like, you know what, if I see a fighter injured like that, I need to take better advantage of it because I thought he could have finished Maximov, but uh, still a good showing for him. Uh, then we had Bantamweight fight. Mano Martinez, a split decision over Brandon Davis, 229-28 scorecards for him, 129-28 for Davis. Thought that was a really good fight. Uh, Martinez tried to get the fight away in the second round. He was started off the second round. He won the first, started off the second round really good, and then he started you know, slowing down and kind of, I don't want to say he was getting cocky, but he was getting cough, overconfident that he was winning the fight and then he allowed Davis to get back into the fight in the second round until the very end, which, uh, which, uh, Martinez dropped Davis at the twice at the end of the second round, which I thought stole in the round and ultimately won in the fight. Cause Davis won the, won the third round for sure. Uh, then onto the main card, uh, Lonzo Minifield knocking out Misha Sirkinoff in a minute 28. It's absolutely brutal. And Minifield kind of, cut this post-fight promo that oh. Paul Felder was also was acting like he was kind of like afraid to talk to Minifield, kind of almost like he was a serial killer kind of deal. That was bad. That was, yeah, it was not a good promo. It was like Rory McDonald. Yeah, but it was <laughs> kind of weird, but I mean, but Minifield looked great. Yeah. Then we had Rafael Sunsal, 30-27 across the board over Victory Henry. Talked about that. Sunsal looked rejuvenated and really good. Uh, then we had a Crazy middleweight fight. Disco Todorovic finished Jordan Wright in the second round. Uh, Wright took Todorovic down several times in the first. He looked to gas himself out trying to finish. And Todorovic just had an absolute dominant second round. He was just battering Jordan Wright all over the place. I personally thought the stoppage was kind of late. Late. Mm-hmm. I thought it could have been uh, it could have been stopped probably a good 30 seconds earlier. Then I looked who the referee was. It was Kerry Hatley, <laughs> so it made sense. But uh, <laughs> but hey, you get these Texas judges down down Nevada. You were going to see some stuff like that with from Hatley. Then we had uh, Jonathan Martinez uh, finishing Cub Swanson in the second round in the co-main, and then the main event, like Sagrasso, unanimous decision over Vivian Arroju. Uh A couple things. Uh, I think. Uh, I thought I th- I know you used to do on your column on uh, Fight Game Media when when it was a thing, uh, you would have like who what's next like who's who's on the cut line, and I I think if it was me Sam Hughes, Brandon Davis, Misha Sirkinov, definitely Misha Sirkinov, um, and maybe even Jordan Wright. Um, yeah, I think Sirkinov and Wright are gone. Uh, Davis might get another another fight another fight. Yeah. Same with Hughes. You you know, they they like they don't 
they like straw weights. So yeah, yeah, that's true. They always well, I was gonna say they always have good fights. They don't have good fights. Oh, and, and Mike Jackson, of course, you mentioned right. already. Uh but yeah, right. Uh they it was funny because they said uh the longest fight that he'd had before this was like five minutes and twenty-eight seconds. And at the point where they said this is now the longest fight of his career, like that's where he was getting pounded. Yeah. <laughs> it was like he, he's done. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he went it went a total of eight minutes and twelve seconds. And that last three minutes was was not pretty for Jordan Wright, even though he's a pretty guy. Um, the uh, the the uh, head the um, the bonuses went to uh, Wright and uh, Tudorovich for the you know fifty thousand dollars. So if for the fight of the night, so if he uh, if he is done, at least he, he gets a nice payday on the way out. And Jonathan Martinez and Tetsuro Tyra for uh, performance bonuses. So yeah, good one. It's funny. Uh, a lot of times if the main event goes five rounds, it almost always gets the fight of the night. And the fact that this one didn't kind of reaffirms that my, yeah. my opinion that it wasn't a great fight. I, th- I, th- I thought right. Todorovic was the best fight. Overall. Yeah. Oh, definitely. 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 Yeah. It would have been a travesty for that one not to win. Um, before we do the um, the UFC 280 preview, because I think that's a bigger deal, and I want to want to give it a little bit of time. We can quickly mention that Friday, uh, we we brought this up a couple weeks ago, but uh, one is having their third show on Amazon Prime, and uh, why no fight you're really looking forward to? Uh, John Lineker uh, is fighting for the uh, really the bantamweight champion, but they call it the featherweight championship against Fabricio De Andrade. Um, that should be uh, should be a fun fight. Um, nobody else really on the card. So if you're uh, if you're looking to check that out, just check out the main event. But yeah, um, that yeah. that reminds me. I need to find my John Lineker, you know the uh, the guy defying John Lineker thing that I have. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> uh, is John Lineker running pressing forward? Yes, it says yes. Run away. It says no. Does he look mad? Yes. Run away. Like it's stuff, stuff like stupid, crazy stuff like that. Just one of those kind of flow charts. Mean. He is the uh, he is the champion going in. He won the fight. Uh, he won the title from Bibiano Fernandez uh, earlier this year, and he's won actually uh, four straight fights and won the last three by finish. So he's doing pretty well there. And that that promotion and the rules they have are like perfect for him. And I remember like yeah. just being so excited when he got signed. Uh, and I haven't actually seen any of his fights yet. So I, I definitely will be watching this one. Um, and yeah, so that's Friday and uh, airing at, uh, you know, I guess it's probably 8 p.m. On, on tape delay, but 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central on uh, Prime. And, you know, it's available on demand for the rest of the weekend and probably, you know, still the last show would be available. Um, and uh, yeah, so that brings us to uh, the big show this weekend, UFC 280. Uh, depending on where you are, it's going to be in the morning or early afternoon. Um, the the main card gets underway, I believe, at one Eastern, two, uh, Eastern. two Eastern, so one Central. the The prelims start at ten a.m. Eastern, nine Central, seven on the west, seven a.m. on the West Coast. Uh, but uh, you know that's for the uh, folks over in Abu Dhabi who pay UFC a lot of money to to uh, put these shows on at the Etihad Arena. And uh, the top three fights are like great and then there's top four are yeah 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 you're right you're right but uh darius and and then the rest of the card is just kind of there uh, uh i mean 
there's some, I mean, there's some good fighters, you know, definitely yeah. some awesome prospects I'll and stuff. I'll definitely be getting into them on three fights to watch. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, and I did, I actually did my homework on this one, the, the UFC yeah. ROI. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, there's a really good fight on the prelims that I'm looking at, too, actually. Actually, yeah, this is a pretty good card. Um, I don't know what, you know, I think it was just kind of as I was going through it and at the start, it's like, ugh. And then it just got kind of more excited, more excited as I'm going through and, uh, you know, just kind of reviewing all their past histories and everything. But the, uh, the main event, uh, there's two title fights on the card. They're both, um, pretty awesome in my opinion uh light uh, vacant lightweight championship technically because Oliveira missed weight in his last fight so he was stripped of the title and uh of course he he won uh and then now he's uh he's going for the beat Justin Gaethje and and now he's getting Islam Makachev the guy nobody wanted wanted to fight who has probably two years ago earned a title shot and he's finally getting one now and uh it's for the vacant title and uh this I, this is going to be incredible fight, I think, because these two guys, like it's the perfect matchup. You know, you got the wrestler against the submission guy. I think Oliveira is probably a little bit better on the feet, but I, I think people don't really think about Makachev striking, but it's, it's pretty good too. And uh, I'm, yeah, this is, this is a crazy fight. Yeah. It's uh it's good. I worry about Makachev because yeah, impressive win streak. Everybody think he's, thinks he's going to be champion. But looking at his win streak, I mean, what's his most impressive win? Armin Sarukian or Dan Hooker? I mean, he hasn't fought any of the top ten guys there. No. In there, and uh, whereas Oliveira, I mean, just look at his, look at who he's fought over over his career and who he's beaten beaten in the last. I mean, since twenty twenty one, since the start of twenty twenty one, he's got three wins: Michael Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, finishing all of them. Like and and he looked at the odds, and he's the underdog. Yeah, like by, I'm, by I'm a pretty wide margin. I'm amazed at that, and I'm I'm like, definitely putting some money on Oliveira. It's like Charles Oliveira is a bona fide UFC Hall of Famer, and I can't say the same for Islam Makachev. Yeah, right now, but Oliveira, like like every record in the book, his name is right next to it, pretty much. Yeah. Like like you know, he's just. You could, I mean, I mean, you could have said the same thing about Khabib, um, you know, before he started getting like main event fights, you know, that, you know, the, his, and people did say it, you know, that his wins weren't that impressive um, in terms of like who he beat, not, not necessarily that the wins weren't impressive, but that, you know, he was going to decisions, but then as soon as the competition picked up, so did his performances pick up. And he looked better against the top guys than he looked in some cases against the undercard, you know, yeah. the the lower guys. So I mean, that's the thing. So we just think it's a, it's a big question mark. And yeah, I think you know, and he's he's coached by Khabib, right? Yeah, Makachev. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing. Like, and I think like you know that that's maybe why he's a favorite, or it could just be that all that money that we talked about that moves these lines, um, it's all going on Makachev. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I, as good as Makachev has looked, I have a hard time picking against Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah, me too. He's just he's he's incredible. He might he might be the most exciting fighter in the UFC right now. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, I mean he's what when you mentioned the records, I mean I think he's got the most performance bonuses of anyone in history. Um he's you know, he's gonna end up as, you know, like the maybe the most wins. Like I mean, because you remember he started when he was like twenty one. Yeah, he's um, 33. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, UFC on versus uh, was his first win, you know, against Darren Elkins. Yeah, they're both still at, kicking around. I remember being at his at his second UFC fight. It was a uh, down in Austin against Efren Escudero fight. He took on short notice, and he just yeah. dominated Escudero and submitted him. And he went. He was fourteen and zero at the at that point. And I was like, I just remember sitting there watching, but like that dude's going to be a champion someday. <laughs> took a lot well, longer. It took a lot longer than. Than most people thought, you know, we we talked about the story of Charles Oliver a lot, but I mean, that guy, he's fantastic. Ten years ago, in uh, almost exactly ten, well, no, like little little over a month, over ten years ago, but um, he he got knocked out by Cub Swanson, and and look at where they are now. Cub Swanson is on his way out the door, and Oliver is getting stronger every fight. It's it's quite amazing actually, and they're not really that far apart in age either. But it's just Oliveira's, he's he's just awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the the co-main another title fight for the bantamweight title, Aljamain Sterling defending against T.J. Dillashaw. Um, and it's another one where you know the um, you know, Dillashaw is is a underdog. Uh, Sterling's a favorite to retain, but Dillashaw has pulled off upsets in the past. And, uh, you know, and, and Sterling is a guy that I think people have kind of always overlooked. They kind of thought he won the title on a fluke. Well, he did. And then they figured he was going to lose to Peter Jan in the, uh, in the rematch, and he didn't. And, uh, yeah, and uh, here it is. Like, this is the fight that Dillashaw obviously wanted. And there's some big names coming up. If Dillashaw wins, he's going to want to defend against. But... Um, and probably Aldo would have been one of them, but unfortunately that's not, probably not going to happen now. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I don't even like, I, I'm definitely looking forward to the Oliver fight more, but if this fight was the headliner of the card, I, I don't think I'd be terribly upset. Yeah. Very, uh, interesting fight. I mean, Dillashaw hasn't fought since, uh, July of last year towards ACL, uh, yeah. in that close fight with Corey Sanhagen. So he's returning from that. I mean, the, and, and in fact, the Sanhagen fight is the only fight he's had since January of 2019. So, so really, like, it's almost like one fight in four years. Yeah, almost. yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of people thought Sanhagen won that fight. So yep. you can – so, I mean, this is – they were very clearly trying to rush Dillashaw back into getting the title, which – getting getting the title shot sends a bad message when a guy, you know, can get stripped of a title for failing PEDs and – and they just want to put him right back in a title fight, like it doesn't matter. But uh, and this is a very important fight for Aljamain Sterling because I still think there's question there's questions about him at, even after beating Yon the second time. But because that fight was so close, this is Sterling's chance to solidify that he's the best bantamweight in the world in the world. And uh, so I think there's a lot riding on the line for uh, both guys. I if Dillashaw loses this, I could see him being done. Maybe, yeah. You know, he's thirty six, and and there's also a lot of heat going on between the two because Aljamain's been taking pictures of or looking at pictures of Dillashaw and claiming, you know, he might be back on stuff again. <laughs> so there's all that going on, and and of course there's these crazy fans trying to help Sterling prove that it's true. But uh, so just I mean, this is I don't know that. Uh, I don't know how this fight's going to go. Uh, yeah, I want to pick Sterling 
but it's a real toss up in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, I think for me, like I'm glad we don't do like picks anymore. So I just kind of bet where the money's going and I kind of like Delshaw as an underdog and we'll get into it in our, in the ROI later. But, uh, the, um, I'm, uh, I, I just, I'm just gonna enjoy the fight. And so either way, I think if I bet on one guy and then the other guy wins, I'm happy either way. Cause I'm, I know I'm going to get a good fight. So, um, and then we mentioned Peter Yan. Uh, he's also, uh, third from the top, uh, the, the featured fight against Sean O'Malley. And for the first time in his career, uh, Sean O'Malley is an underdog here and probably rightfully so. This is a big step up in competition for O'Malley, a guy that you, you know, you've been, uh, kind of on the O'Malley train all along. Yeah. I mean, and, now all these people who've been criticizing him for him and the matchmakers for giving him the easy road. Now he's probably on the toughest fight that you're going to get at 135 right now. So there, there's no There could be no questions about yeah. his about how they're booking him anymore. Like this is, and if he wins this fight, I am about 95% sure. He gets a title fight next, even though he's coming off that no contest with Pedro Munoz. But uh, yeah, this is a big fight for both, and it's going to kind of show Peter people, you know, what Jan, where Jan is, because mm-hmm. a lot of people thought he was the best bantamweight in the world, and you know, the two fights with Sterling were disappointing, and the win over Sanhagen when he won the interim title, it was good, but Sanhagen gave him a tough fight, and uh, yeah, I mean, and O'Malley's young, athletic and just uh rangy with his kicks and everything and uh let me see uh think reach oh man i was gonna have that five inch reach advantage i mean that's that's big uh yeah. so so yeah uh, it's gonna uh yon's gonna have to get inside that distance and use his and yon is uh if i'm unless i'm remembering wrong he's a bit of a slow starter right, isn't he yes and it's only three yeah. rounds three rounds yeah. so. so that that could be a factor as well uh, exactly so yeah this is to me this might be the most interesting fight on the card overall yeah and and i mean i think no matter what well i think in most scenarios, the two winners of these two fights are going to end up fighting next for the title. The only exception might be is if Jan and Sterling both win, then I think maybe, you know, they go with a different, maybe Sanhagen or somebody else, but I don't think you'd want to do Sterling and Jan a third time, at least not right away. Probably not. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, and then I mentioned it earlier. And and when I said the top three fights, um, obviously the fourth one, is and really, I think the fi- the fifth best fight on this card is in the prelims because I, you know, I mean, the five way fight is fine, but um, Darius and uh, Benil Darius fighting for the first time in what over two years, I think, right? Uh, against Mateos Gamrot, um, first time since May, May of last year, yeah, or May of last year. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't know what I, what I was thinking, um, but yeah, it's and both guys are on you know pretty big win streaks. Um, and this is another one like, oh, you know who I, was, I think I was thinking of that hadn't fought since uh, in two years was Muhammad, who's fighting later in the card. Uh, oh, no, no, he fought earlier this year. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyways, um, yeah, Muhammad and Sean Brady, who's undefeated. Uh, so biggest fight for Brady um, in we'll his career. I'll get into that in a bit. So what? Back to back to back to Darius and Gamble. Oh, Darius. Sorry, my bad. Uh, yeah, Darius and Gamrot are both on uh, long, long wins, long win streaks. Well, 
four four wins in a row for um for Gamrot, but he had that split decision to uh Goram Kudaladze. Um this one uh, again is you know, it's a fight neither guy can afford to lose. Um and Darius is somebody that's kind of like on the fringe of getting into that title mix, but with all those big names at lightweight, it's so tough to crack. But if he was to get an impressive win here over Gamrod, I think you got to give him one of those big names. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I uh, what do you what do you got to say about this fight? Uh, I'm very high on Gamro. I mean, that's how I think that's how you actually say it. Say it. Uh, okay. But uh, yeah, his, his loss to Kudalaze is only his only loss in his career, and and it was a split decision. A split decision, and his his four wins since. Have been really good. He's got three finishes: finished Scott Holston, finished Jeremy Stevens, finished Carlos Ferreira for a decision over Armin Sarukian. I mean, good wins. Darius. I mean, he hasn't fought in a while, but uh, he's looked really good in, over the last you know several years. Uh, he, I think, he needs to finish Gamro to to uh, get to get a title shot because. Even with like a decision win, it's kind of looking like uh, Volkanovski is next in line, according to Dana White. So, wow. so Darius, go out there, get that finish. Say you I want a title even, shot. Even if he does get a get a finish, like it's going to be tough. Just yeah. with so many big names, you know, like you got Gaethje and you got Chandler and you know Connor. If he decides he wants to fight for the title, yeah. um, you know, Oliver Makachev. Like it's yeah. just so loaded. Hey. Yeah, eight wins, eight wins in a row, lightweight though. Yeah, no, no, I know. Like, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. No, like it's very tough. Yeah. It's very tough, but yeah. at the same time, Makachev had ten in a row, and there was a lot of people saying he needed another one because he doesn't have yeah. the big names. But uh, this is yeah, they need the big names, and they also need the impressive finishes. So yeah. I, I think it's a combination of both. Both, yeah. Uh, the other fight on the main card is, you know, not really much to say about it. a women's flyweight fight. I mean, it's a big fight in the division. Caitlin Chikagian and Manon Fidro. Um, Fidro is, I think, got a four-fight win streak. So if she gets a win, and like I said earlier, if she finishes Chikagian, which is not easy to do, um, I said four fights in a row. That's that's actually not true at all. She's well, like, four four in the UFC. Yeah, nine UFC nine in a row overall. She doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, she's she's looked real good. Um, and uh, if she was to get a win here, I think you know if she finishes Shakagan, which um, not you know hardly has anybody ever done it. I'm just yeah, oh no, and yeah, and just Andrade and Valentina, um, both did, but. You know that doesn't happen very often. It's usually a decision fight with Shkagan, and uh, she's had her title shots, and she's basically a gatekeeper um, at this point. And yeah, so f- this fight's there for Firo to hopefully win. This was originally supposed to happen in France, right? But uh, they pushed it back to kind of bolster this card a little. Yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, I guess they, did, you know, in a retrospect, that France card was pretty damn good. So yeah, um, and, and Shkagan was gonna take it on short notice, so this gave her kind of a full camp. Yeah, and it's. Too bad for just guy who flew all the way there to challenge a winner. Lauren Murphy. <laughs> Lauren Murphy. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, so that's a main maybe, card. Maybe she'll fly to Abu Dhabi. To there you go. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I would. 
Uh, it's a nice, nice place. Abu is um, a lovely place. Yeah, it is. All right, so take us through this, uh, the rest of this card, which again, the the featured prelim, which I'll let you gush about. Yeah. I think is, yeah. is is belongs on the main card. But. Yeah, my three fights to watch. So, oh, your three uh, fights to watch. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that, so, and then I'll do the ROI picks. Yeah. So uh, number one is the featured prelim: Bala Muhammad and Sean Brady. This yeah. fight could be a headliner on any of these apex shows like very easily very easily we have muhammad who hasn't whose unbeaten streak is at eight his only blemish there is at no contest with leon edwards he's lost one fight since since november 2016 so he's lost one fight in six years and that was to jeff neal a decision and coming off a big win over vicente luque sean brady undefeated 15 and 0 uh, hasn't fought in almost a year, so but uh, very but coming off a excellent showing over Michael Chiesa, and a lot of people think this guy is the future champion. Uh, I don't know that the winner of this fight will get a title shot shot next, but should be very close to getting it next. So this is a like I said, still a fight that could have headlined a fight night card easily. So big fight, big fight there. My second fight to watch, uh, I got to go with it. A uh, flyweight fight, just mainly yeah. because of who's in it. Muhammad Mokayev. Uh, he's fighting Malcolm Gordon. You know, I know, I know you're a Malcolm Gordon fan because Canadian. There's not a lot of uh, like, like Mokayev. A there's lot, only dude. like there's only like 15 <laughs> Canadians left on the yeah. UFC roster. He's won two in a row, but uh, this. I'm sorry, Mokayev is gonna slaughter him. I, so, I I'm not that big of a Malcolm Gordon fan. I'll be honest with you. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If this fight if this fight goes past the first round, I'll be shocked, and I'll give yeah. Gordon credit if it goes past the first round. But Mokayev, 21 years old, we know we know like this guy is being pegged as the future of the flyweight division. I think this is going to be another another big win for him. And the third one, uh, there's a few good fights. I mean, there's a lightweight fight, Mogomed Mustafaev against a uh, Yamoto. Nishikawa, Nishikawa is making his debut, but he's 19 years old. He's the second. If it wasn't for for uh, Rojas, who's now 18 after being signed at 17, uh, Nishikawa would be the youngest fighter on the on the roster. But my third fight to watch, I'm going to go with some light heavyweight veterans, Volkan Ozdemir and Nikita Krylov. They're both coming off of wins on that uh, on that July London card. Uh, Ozdemir decision over Paul Craig while Krylov knocked out Alexander Gustafson. Uh, it's uh, you know these guys are gatekeepers at light heavyweight, but uh, a win here you know could you know could put put either one back in the mix. So it's kind of a big fight at two hundred five. So <laughs> you mentioned Yamato Nishikawa was nineteen years old, which I when I was doing my research I didn't. Like I didn't look at the ages and I just assumed this guy was like 40 because he's got a 21, three and six record yeah, at 19, 19 years old. I didn't even, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know when it, like I didn't look at his age when I was doing all my stuff, all my, you know, setups for the show, setups for the show, you know, with the record, with the records yeah. and, and all that, the win streaks, you know, the, you know, people who are on the F4W board, my little, a little post yeah. and I didn't I didn't look at the age and I just saw that man this guy's got 30 career fights and then and then when they were showing the UFC on the UFC from this past week because they were talking about I think Tyra being 22 and they had the list of the youngest fighters and I saw his name there 19 I got like that kid's 19 and he's got 30 fights 
<laughs> well, like, and not only hell? that, like he's he's won 14 in a row, and his first fight was in March 2016. So he yeah. was three or 13? He's 15, 15. No, 13. Four, 13, oh yeah. <laughs> 13 years old, and he was fighting pro and getting finishes. Like, what are they doing in Japan? <laughs> no, I'm, now I'm starting to wonder if he's actually 19. Well, I, yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Um, but I mean, know, we've, we, we, we've seen these baseball players who, yeah, who come in and yeah. they're like, they're like 22 and, and then by the time they hit 30, all of a sudden they're 37. Yeah. So we have to, we'll have to check on that. We'll, we'll wait and see what they say on the, uh, on the broadcast, but that, that just baffled me. Um, but yeah, he, uh, and 14 fight win streak. So we'll see. I mean, you, we don't know what kind of competition, you know, he was facing over there. So, um, looking at his picture, I go like, he, could, uh, he looks he look, like he could be 19, but I mean, who knows? Yeah, what he looks like he could be about 24. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So my three ROI picks are actually all, you know, kind of main card fights. I mean, well, the, the, the one should be on the main card. First one, and they'll just go in order of their highest ROI. TJ Dillashaw is actually 99.9% ROI in his last 10 fights. Um, he's a plus 145 underdog and he's never lost as an underdog. He's three and oh, when it, when he's been a UFC underdog. So, um, that is, uh, that's my, um, my first one. And then my second one is Charles Oliveira, 69.8% ROI plus 155 underdog. He's also three and oh, as an underdog in his last 10 fights, which stands to reason since he hasn't lost at all. Um, and the third one is Sean Brady, uh, 52.5% ROI. He's a favorite minus 140, and he's never lost as a favorite. So um, basically the three picks have never lost when they've been the either, you know, whatever they are, favorite or underdog. So uh, Sean Brady, TJ Dillashaw, and Charles Oliveira are my three ROI picks. And uh, I'll let you uh, run down the rest of the card, which is uh, 14 fights. Yeah, 14 fights starts at, as we said, 10 a.m. Uh, everything on ESPN Plus, of course, main cards, pay-per-view, but uh, all the prelims will also be on ESPN News for those okay. who have that station. But, uh, but yeah, it kicks off with a women's bantamweight fight between ranked opponents. We have uh, Carol Rosa against Lena Landsberg. Then we have the flyweight fight, Mohamed Mokayev against Malcolm Gordon. We have a middleweight fight, Armin Petrosian taking on A.J. Dobson. Welterweight fight, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov against Gadzi Omar Gadziev. Uh, lightweight fight, Magomed Mustafaev against Yamato Nishikawa. Uh, featherweight fight, Zubera Tukugov against Lucas Almeida. Then we have a light heavyweight fight, uh, Volkan Ozdemir against Nikita Kralov. We have a solid middleweight fight, Mahmoud Muradov against Kyle Borallo. And then the prelims. They get capped off by Bilal Muhammad against Sean Brady in a welterweight fight. And our main card, which we all went over, but Chikagian Firo, uh, then Darius Gamro, Bantamweight fight, Jan and O'Malley. Then the two title fights, Sterling and Dillashaw for Sterling's Bantamweight title. And then Oliver and Makachev for the vacant lightweight title. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a card. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, I will. I have no problem plucking down the uh, whatever it is, 60 bucks. I think it is in Canada right now to get this pay-per-view. Looking forward to it. And I love the uh, the early start, actually. Um, I can hopefully get this in before I take my daughter to swimming at uh, 4.30. So. Uh, all right. So that is that. And uh, we will next move into uh, – so a new segment. Um, 
What is this? Oh, question of the week. Yeah. So uh, is it you asking me or am I asking you? Well, it's just a general question that we'll both answer. Okay. All right. Some weeks I'll come up with the question. Some weeks Paul will come up with the question. Other weeks we'll reach out to listeners, friends, family, people we know who, you know, have just an interesting question about MMA that they'd like to have answered. Yeah. So could, the be, fir- could be historical stuff, could be just bullshit or could be current news stuff, which is kind of where I went with my question this week. Okay. So uh, give us the question. Okay. The question this week, uh, Justin Gaethje did an interview this week, uh, said he's targeting an early return in 2013, feels he's uh, two or three wins from another title shot. If you're the matchmaker, who are you booking his return fight against? So you're asking me? And so I'm asking you, you first. Yes. All right. I would say I would put him against the loser of the main event of this show, okay. Oliver and Makachev. Okay. You would go. I mean, granted, his last fight was against Oliveira, so you would do yeah. the, rema- do the yeah. rematch. Now? Yeah, I do the rematch because if if Gaethje can win, then Daniel, you can give him a title shot. Okay. Um, and and if if Oliveira wins, then you know maybe you you do the rematch. Yeah. Okay, that's a good answer. Uh, me, I'm uh, I'm thinking Rafael Fiziev. I think that would be a solid main event for for a show. You know, you could main event it as a, on a fight night card, especially one that you're one that you're looking at putting in an arena here in the U.S. So that would be a good one, and it it'd be it'd be a big it'd be a win where it'd be a fight where if Fiziev wins, you could legit make a strong case for a title shot for him, and for Gaethje, it would be knocking off a very tough contender who. A lot of fighters don't want to fight, and it would. That's actually a pretty big name right now to beat if I'm if you're KG. So that's what I. That's how I. That's what I would book. Yeah, I. You know, I, I don't think you can go wrong there. And I looked at that name, and I just kind of. I think in the back of my mind, I was just thinking, is he a big enough name? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, the I like the case that you brought forward. Um, you know, and and I, you know, the name that kind of really like kind of stood out to me was connor but uh you know i i you know i think i think ferguson's a fight to make for connor if uh yeah, when he when he comes back if, yeah uh, there's there's really only two ways for me for me on connor whenever he's done filming roadhouse yeah and what is ferguson one of them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one we'll get into in a minute. All right, cool. Okay, so yeah, I like that. And uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, yeah, keep an eye on our Twitters and uh, Facebook if you're in the Facebook group. Uh, we'll, at some point down the road, we'll ask you guys for a question because we actually had a segment we did on my other show uh, where we took a, a question from a listener and that led into a really interesting topic that we talked about. So I, I kind of like to hear what uh, what the listeners have to say. Um, all right, so we can get into the news. And uh, so to start off, and, and we did talk about this a little bit last week, but I think we have a little bit more info at, at this point now. Um, UFC 282 is maybe looking like it's coming together. Yeah, I mean, talked about it last week, and then Ariel kind of stole my thunder by talking <laughs> about it, even though I've been on top of I've been on top of the John Jones. For all those uh, frequent listeners of the the podcast and there's some of y'all and uh and uh you know i've been on top of john jones story about when he's going to return and you know it's been it's been it's felt like every month for for a while but uh ufc 282 in december has been the target date it is still the target date they did announce yuri prochaska defending against glover Teixeira, the light heavyweight title that's official for that card but they also did not 
say that that was the main event. Could be the main event, but they're not committing to that as the main event right now, which is the door is still left open for John Jones. Jones is training and wants to fight on that card. Uh, they wanted, as Ariel was saying, uh, they wanted the plan. They were hoping to Ganu, but he's not. He's not fully recovered, and he still has to come to terms on a new contract. Contract, and so like I've been saying the entire time, the hope was to do an interim title fight with Stipe Miocic, and I, and as I've been saying, Stipe's been the holdup. I don't know if they've actually. I don't know the deal if it's actually Stipe delaying it or UFC, you know, not necessarily offering it a firm date or whatnot. But uh, but Miosic and Jones has been the plan since July, so I don't, you know, and they tried to make it several times. So so uh, if it doesn't happen in December, I mean, we're looking at at March before John Jones will fight again. And so, then at that point, they might just go to Francis. And at that point, it's probably it'll probably be Francis. So yeah. if Stipe wants the Jones fight and wants a interim title fight because that's his only path to getting another title shot at this moment, he you know he needs to be calling UFC and be like, I want to do it in December. And we're like eight weeks away now, so yeah, that fight's clock, pretty much got to get made in the next like the, week. The maybe clock two. is the clock yeah. is ticking. It's pretty much a, I feel like it has to be done and announced this week, or yeah. else it's not happening. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, sorry, LA Knight. Um, all right. Uh, next up, uh, we we brought up last week that uh, UFC uh, was going to be returning to Australia in February. Well, they're also going to be returning to South Korea, and I assume that these shows are are back to back. I mean, that would make yeah, sense. Yeah. The 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 pay per views the eleventh and the the South Korea dates uh, February fourth. Okay, perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's um because they they used to do that all the time. They would they would you know kind of bunch those shows together and uh you know because then they don't have to it's easier to move all the production stuff and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You can fly all this stuff to South Korea and then fly it to Australia and then back to the US. So but Do they have a week off at any point in there or no? Uh I have I have not seen the the okay. early schedule. All I know all I know is we're fighting until Thanksgiving week yeah. here. And then, and then there's a week a week off of Thanksgiving. Then we have three straight shows to start December, and then it's off for like three or four weeks. That's not bad. So it's you know, it, it's it's the same it's the same kind of schedule since yeah. you, since ESPN t- took over. You go through you go through the start of college bowl season, and then you don't come back until college bowl season's over. This this stretch from like uh, you know the end of August till now is you know till the end of the year is is actually pretty easy. We get a lot of weeks off, so kind of cool because of football um and any what do you think uh any idea of what what they're going to be looking at for a main event i mean if he wants to do it it would it wouldn't shock me if green zombie is in the main event if he wants to do it but uh anything outside of that like i it's it's kind of it's it's hard to know what know what you're gonna book in the yeah the main event in south korea Although I mean, it's you know, it sounds far away, but that's you know, just a little over three months. So. Yeah, I mean, we're we're getting fun. There's already at least one fight booked for the car for the card. So there's fights booked for the car card. It's yeah. just the main event. I don't, you know. Yeah. It'll. I mean, and it's a and it. This is a fight night, right? Yeah. Yeah. ESPN yeah, okay. Plus show. Right. So uh, I mean, live. Oh, trying God. to remember. Oh, I'm gonna oh, be. They even I, started like five, four a.m. 
Yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I could. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun for me. Yeah, I know. I'll I'm be. One, uh, I'm the one who covers it. So. Oh, I, I, I think the last time they did South Korea, I was still covering, and I, you know, I'd be waking up at like, you know, three thirty and getting yeah. some coffee, and, you know, uh, and it's usually on a Saturday morning. Yeah. So yeah. Like I uh, tell everybody, whether I've covered it or not, I have seen every UFC fight live as it happens, whether on television or in person, since what. <laughs> That's crazy. Forever. Man. That's crazy. <laughs> Forever, so, I, so I, well, and I guess because even, of how. Yeah, even on the shows that I didn't actually cover, yeah. mean, the Japan shows, Korea shows, all those that started at weird times, I was up watching them. So I used to always, for whatever reason, because we would do it, like we would alternate weeks when we, when we were both doing it for the Observer. And I somehow always ended up with these like South Korea shows I, and Japan. And we, if it was a weird time, it was me covering it. Yeah. Uh, and you and, would always volunteer. And I'd always know. say, I'll do yeah. it because yeah. I'll be up watching the show regardless. Yeah. And I would, no, no, it's cool. I'll do it. But now I'm glad you're doing it because I do a lot more stuff with ratings now. So yeah. it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice little mix we have now. Um, all right, uh, UFC Fight Pass and the Metaverse, and we we've kind of talked a lot about this over the last three four weeks, and yeah. and really like after I think it was after we recorded uh, where kind of the news kind of broke that uh, they were really pushing forward with this, and we even saw a little bit of of this on Friday at the LFA show. Yeah, yeah, we. T- I mean, the whole point of the Zuckerberg thing that we talked about a few weeks ago was you know trying to figure out metaverse kind of stuff and i guess they came to a deal to test it out on ufc fight pass and uh all the shows on ufc fight pass uh both live and they and they said the press release said so said on demand too so maybe like old shows that you could go if you if you have the VR headset, which I think they're like those are like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. Something like that. I mean, you can get them for less, but the really good ones are fifteen hundred. I don't own one. I don't know that I'm interested in watching this in the metaverse, but uh, but yeah. And then if you have the Meta Oculus or whatever app it's called, you can watch these shows in VR. And I saw uh, Kaposa, who's the big, Mm -hmm. the the, probably the biggest MMA fan on Twitter who watches everything. He was, he was doing, he was taping, he was watching some in the VR. In the metaverse, taping it, you know, posting clips on Twitter. It looked really interesting because, you know, he's basic, basically, you're sitting like yeah. on top of the octagon, on top of the fence, like yeah, kind of where the cameraman yeah. would be, like kind of where the guys who are shooting, who are camera, the cameraman, whether, you know, video or still photography, kind of like where they were, they were at. And you could see everything going, going on. And it was really interesting. And uh, John Morgan was on it. And he said that, like, if there's other people in the app that you know, you can interact with them like like me and you. We could be watching. Yeah. We could be watching on the VR VR headset. VR headsets. You could be up there in Canada. I could be down here in Texas, Texas. But we could actually be like sitting next to each other on the VRs, like and then talking to each other. Other like we're right there next to each other. So I mean, the concept is kind of cool. I don't know that me personally. I don't know that it's, as somebody who covers these shows. I don't know that I, you know, I don't know that I would utilize it all that much. But the concept sounds cool. For the on-demand, I mean, you could do stuff like watch-alongs of yeah. like old shows and stuff. That would that would be cool for that. I just found like, and again, this is me, you know, and I'm old, and um, and I had a comment on Twitter. I, it's okay for me to call myself old. I don't want anybody else doing it. Um, <laughs> but if it's a harmless joke, no, I know, you know I don't want to get into it. But um, I know I know you don't want to. Get yeah, into it. but uh, the um, but well, what I found in watching it was. It kind of reminded me of like if I was 
at cage side and I had really good seats. Um, except I find that the picture on actual television is so much better and you get the commentary and, and you, you can see things. And I, I find like, even when I'm, even when I'm covering shows at cage side, which I haven't done in a while, but when, when I have, and when I do, um, a lot of times you can't really see what's going on. So you end up having to look at the screen and with this, like you could kind of see it, but there were times, you know, like a ref would be in your way. And then I, there was one point where like an ad just kind of popped up and like blocked your view of everything, um, which I guess is, you know, part and parcel with what they're doing right now. And, um, but I, I do see the potential and some of the stuff that, you know, you just talked about. And for me, like as someone who normally when I'm watching it is not necessarily covering it. I mean, I'm covering it on some level cause I'm taking notes for the show and everything. And, but I could see like, yeah, if it would probably entice me to watch live more if I had one of these headsets and and the, I I knew like let's say you were watching or you know Garrett or some other Justin you know big MMA fan that I could kind of watch quote unquote with you know and we could comment and we could talk about it and especially like between fights rounds who do you think won that round and you know like should they stop it and all that stuff like that that'd be kind of cool and you do that on Twitter. But this is like more like real life interaction and I guess yeah, that's like kind of the like you're talking to each other, like yeah, like the next you be, phase you would be hearing what I'm t- what I'm telling you, and and yeah. vice versa. So, which again, for you know, a lot of the problems with social media, and you you kind of made the point just as a joke, like oh, if it's a harmless comment, a lot of times when you're when you're typing things out, the context of what you're saying and the tone doesn't really come across. Whereas yeah. if you're talking to each other in real time, and and it's you're actually having a conversation. The, you know, you you have a much better idea of what that person means and where they're coming from yeah. and stuff, and the conversations, and you can kind of limit probably who you're talking to. Like you're not talking to the whole world; you're talking to your buddy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I yeah, this I mean I I'll see I could see myself trying it at some point, but um, you know it's it's very early, and this could be the next big thing, or it could be 3D TV. Yeah. that you know comes and goes and and i guess we'll see but a facebook scene and mark zuckerberg in particular seems to be all in on this so um we'll see what happens um Jorge masvidal wants leon edwards next and you've got yeah right um yeah. i mean yeah right in the sense that that i mean i'm sure he'd take the fight but yeah. that's not really a fight you can make i mean jorge's calling leon edwards all kind of name trying to go to edwards into giving him a title shot basically which isn't going to happen edwards is fully focused on usman next but but masvidal he's itching the fight mm-hmm. is what is what i get on on it and and you know, his it's kind of hard to figure out who he's going to fight next. Give him the Brady I mean, Muhammad winner. Yeah, to me, the only fight that makes sense, the fights that make sense for him most, would be if you don't do Connor against Ferguson, would be Masvidal Connor to try to milk one last mm-hmm. buy rate out of Masvidal because I think his drawing power is done. Okay. But maybe if you put him against Connor, you, it's big enough. It's big enough. But uh, your D- I, Diaz I, rematch maybe. If if Nate's gonna fight again in the UFC within the next year, then Nick could do, do Nick, do Nick. Uh, I still like the idea of Masvidal against Gilbert Burns. Yeah, so. and and I do like I'd say like if um uh like Muhammad or Brady like that. I mean that'd be a good fight too. I mean it may be not big enough name for Masvidal, but um be a good fight. Yeah, you can make yeah. a superstar out of it. 
Um, and uh, last in our news, uh, Aspen Ladd. We talked about her last week, uh, signed with PFL, and she's got an opponent, uh, Julia Budd. Is this going to be on the pay-per-view? Yeah, yeah. Just and I wanted to bring that up because this is the fight you were calling for, and you said it'd make perfect sense to have her debut against Julia Budd on that. I pay-per-view. thought I said so, that, but I yeah, you did remember. say you did say that. So I wanted oh, to give you, I wanted to give you some shine on this stuff. Thank you, know? you man. So, I you know sometimes I sometimes I get things right. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I do find that as we do these shows and as I'm forced to like pay attention to what's going on and uh, do do some homework when I actually do it, like I, I find like I'm able to understand things better and kind of have a better sense of who's going to win and stuff like that so um i uh yeah i've, I've definitely become a better fan uh doing the show with you so uh, yeah. you're rubbing off on me i guess it's probably a better <laughs> way to put it because you i mean you know where these things are going like probably before they do but uh or at least before they announce it uh, me I i'm got, like i've had that damn fight brain for 20 years like yeah. i think 10, i think i think like <laughs> It's being the it's being the wrestling fan fan and being the fight fan and being being like the observer reader for yeah for since I was like eight years old I'm always thinking like five steps ahead when it comes well to see book, for me, when it comes to booking stuff <laughs> for me I'm I think I'm a little bit too much onto the pro wrestling side so I'm more looking at what makes business sense as opposed yeah. to what makes um, <laughs> fight sense and you have a really good way of putting those two things together. And then the other part that sometimes I miss is certain reasons why certain guys can't or won't fight. And for yeah. me, like the fight looks like it makes sense. And it's like, Oh, well they're training partners yeah. or they've already fought three times. Yeah, and I yeah, forgot about a, it. You know, that's like kind of like being the five step, five yeah. steps ahead. You're like you wish, yeah. like you wish being training partners wouldn't, wouldn't have an effect on whether a fight's going to be made and all, all this and that you, you wish it could be, you wish sometimes that booking MMA was as easy as booking wrestling, where you just play like, okay, y'all two are going to going together because you know you don't have all those obstacles. But yeah, you just I don't know. Just who um I I, I just you just reminded me of I, I just got to pull up the name because I'm so bad with remembering um, the names of fighters. But uh, my my pro wrestling reign, Mirab Devalishvili. When he did that speech about Sterling, and I can't fight him, he's my brother, and he yeah. blah blah blah. And I'm like, my pro wrestling brain is like, you know, ultimately Sterling hits him with a chair, <laughs> and yeah. it's like we're we're gonna have that fight next week, um, you know, like that's you know, but just never gonna happen. He's, he he still yeah he hits him with the chair, and then he steals uh, yeah Mirab's hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then he's wearing the hat and he's doing promos, and now he won't fight him, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's kind of like Ray and Dom right now. Um, but yeah, so th- that's the news. Um, and uh, next, we just finish off the show like we always do. We have uh, we have some uh, fight announcements, and yeah. uh, you got some ones you want to highlight here? Yeah, it wasn't a ton ton this week, but uh, some pretty you know notable names. I, I thought uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UFC Fight Night in Orlando. October third, co-main event, Taito Ivasa, quick turnaround from that Cyril Gone fight, and and uh, he's going to fight Sergey Pavlovich, which uh, Pavlovich is really good. I think that's a dangerous fight for Ty, especially coming off that fight with Gone. Like I yeah. would have hoped, he maybe took a little more time off and didn't, and maybe waited until Australia to fight again. But he's back in action, and then exciting welterweight Nico Price fight, is making his long way to return. He, he uh, had an ACL injury that kept him out for a long time, but a uh, fight Phil Rowe on an Orlando card. That Orlando card, we'll talk about it when the time comes. 
but it's a pretty deep card for a fight night. So. When you when you brought that up, like originally, because like, the main event is uh, Kevin Holland and Wonder Boy, right? Yes. Yeah, and so when you brought that up, I didn't even occur to me that this. I just assumed it was at the Apex, so I didn't realize this was like a fight in front of fans. So that's yeah, uh, yeah they, they're they're going to want to make that a big one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's a uh, that's really and then uh, UFC two eighty two uh, on December tenth. We got the trio, a trio of light heavyweight fights. We talked about uh, Yuri and Glover for the title, the rematch being official. Uh, then we have the presumed number one contender fight, uh, Jan Blakovich against Magomed Ankalaev on that show. Show wow. um, probably one of those two guys are the backup in case Yuri or Glover get hurt during camp. So it makes perfect sense for those two fights to be on the same card. And then uh, you have another light heavyweight fight. Two veterans who've been around forever, needing wins. Alexander Gustafson against Ovin St. Fru. So uh, there's I'm that. shocked. I did not think we'd see Gustafson fight again. Yeah, I did not think so either. Yeah. But uh, I guess St. Fru is about an opponent that makes sense, I guess, at this yeah. stage. Yeah. And then uh, first show of the year, year uh, January 14th, uh, big women's bantamweight fight, Ketlin Vieira against Raquel Pennington. And then yeah. the one fight that's so far for that South Korea card, Daeun Jung against Devin Clark. And I imagine that uh, most of the fights that come up for that card will be South Korean fighters. Uh, maybe yeah. some Chinese fighters. and Yeah. Japanese. Uh, Japanese. I mean, you know, some overseas people who... who yeah. uh, <laughs> never mind, I don't want to say it. Well, I was gonna, you know, you could what you could do is uh, if they decide that they want to bring in, um, oh God, uh, uh, Alvarez, you know, after fighting in one for so long, you know, you could you could sign him and put him on that card too. Yeah, yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you don't seem I'm trying, high as I'm trying to think if there's any any you know anybody other than than the Korean Zombie who could headline that show. Uh, there's, I feel like there's a female that's coming up. Um, uh, you'd know better than me, but yeah. like straw weight or flyweight somewhere because I, yeah, just cause even the, even the couple Chinese fighters, fighters who could headline, you know, they're kind of all booked like Wei Li, obviously the title fight, Song Dong, he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, Wang just fought, right? Yeah. But, but February, you know. Fighting in September and then fighting in February—that's that's an easy turnaround right there. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe him, maybe him. Yeah. All right, but yeah, hopefully it's hopefully it's a zombie because I think everybody would want to see that. Um, all right, so that is just about going to do it. Uh, so Ryan, uh, you didn't have anything in this past week's Observer because uh, you had a week off uh, a week and a half ago, but uh, this coming week you'll obviously have coverage of the uh, Araju. Grasso card uh, in the Observer, and as well, you'll be covering this show uh, on bright and early Saturday morning. Uh, and uh, I'll probably be watching more or less live this week for sure because uh, you know I, I'm usually doing nothing on on Saturday morning, so uh, just usually catching up on old wrestling. So in this case, I'll, I'll watch the UFC. So you can interact with both of us on Twitter, and uh, I'm Paul A. Swantane. He's Ryan Dre Frederick, and uh, yeah, just as long as you're nice to us, we'll be nice back. Um, and uh, I've got uh, the live edition of the Dynamite show. So even if you're not a subscriber to the Fight Game Media Patreon, you can actually listen to the show this week or watch it. We'll be recording about a half hour after Dynamite ends, myself and Jeff Hawkins. So you can look out for that on your YouTube. And we'll put the audio up as well. Um, I think they're going to put it on the free feed this week too. So just look out for that. 
Uh, and uh, Ryan, you got anything else you want to plug or uh, just uh, take us home like you always do? I'm going to take us home. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Be uh, be on the lookout for some more YouTube clips, especially of our of our new segment, you know, because because, you know, really, you know, it's a really easy way for y'all for y'all to interact and get used to the, get familiarized for, with the show. For those who who haven't listened before or have have occasionally but yeah we'll be trying to do more of that but hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this week later